So if you're entering the workforce, entering sales, entering business, why? Why are you here? Why are you working this job? What are you trying to accomplish? There, there has to be something motivating you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Slow Smoke Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Morgan. And today we're going to be grilling up some chicken Alabama style with the rub and the white sauce. And we're going to be talking to Luke Breimer, who's a guy I've worked with for a long time, about the skill sets you need to get started. If you've never done anything in business or entrepreneurship before, Luke is the perfect guy to tell you how hard you should be working and the skills you need to get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Slow Smoke Business Podcast. I am outdoors. This is our first uh, at the grill episode and could not have picked a worse day to do this. Uh, it's 102 <laughs> degrees out in the Alabama sun, and we had to, we've had to shoot this episode. Well, we've attempted to shoot this episode twice, uh, and we started to do it on my patio, and the sun was so hot that it melted down my computer and I had to go inside and cool it off. So uh, we are rolling with the punches, but I'm really excited about our guest today. It is none other than Mr. Luke Brimer. And if you're not familiar with Luke Brimer, you should be. Luke Brimer uh, worked. <laughs> Hello, Luke. Hi. This is going to be a fun <laughs> episode. So Luke and I uh, have known each other a long time. Luke works with me at Measure Learning, which was uh, formerly Proctor U. And he was a key piece of that and is one of the best guys I know to talk about uh, building yourself as a person and how you go from not knowing how to do things to uh, learning how to do things. And so welcome, Luke Brimer. Thanks for having me, Jared. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And of course, on the grill today, uh, we are going to be, I figured the first episode, let's keep it true. So we are going to be making, I don't know if you can see that there, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we're making some chicken quarters right and we're going to hit it with luke probably knows what that is oh yeah that's the good stuff some alabama white sauce right let's start it this is the big the big bob gibson brand if you don't know what alabama mm -hmm. white sauce is it's a like a mayonnaise and vinegar based uh sauce that goes on poultry sounds crazy is if you get it done correctly it is amazing and no nobody's better than big bob gibson it even says on the bottle first place <laughs> so we're going to put this on the grill luke um i appreciate uh you being here today and uh i probably should have sprayed this before i put it on there but we're gonna go i don't know if you can hear that sizzle but uh we hit these with a little barbecue rub my good old meat church just picked one mm, good stuff and you know i've done these before where you kind of smoke them for a long time i'm gonna cook these for a little bit shorter time I tried to pick something uh, easy to do. I can't imagine with all the shenanigans getting this episode going, what it would have been like to try to do some ribs or something like that. Um, but check a look at that. You see that? Oh, yeah. We'll see you in a little guy. We'll see you in a little while, guys. That'll look good. So um, can you tell us where you're from, a little bit about your background? So uh, I live in Birmingham, Alabama, not too far from, uh, from Jared, actually. And uh, I've been in the Birmingham area for about the last um, – Probably the last 10 years or so is roughly about right. I grew up about 45 minutes outside of Birmingham in a spot called Corner, Alabama. And uh, true to Alabama, we keep things simple. It was the corner of three counties. Therefore, it, be called, it became called a corner. So 
that's uh, that's where I grew up, moved to Birmingham and got married and uh, been here ever since. Love it. I've traveled the world, seen about every city I've ever wanted to go to and never have I found any place that felt like home. I, I can't imagine going anywhere else. So I have a lot of stories with Luke. The story about how Luke and I got connected professionally um, is interesting. And I think it sort of feeds into what we want to talk about today. So back in, this was probably... 2010, maybe. Um, so about 12 years ago, we yes. were, um, Proctor U was a startup, a startup startup. I mean, it was GarageBand. I had like four part-time people helping me out. And it was a very frustrating period of time because we were trying to get this business off the ground. Obviously, we're not making any money. Obviously, I'm not getting paid. Uh, and things were breaking. And I had this knack for jacking my phone up, right? So I had this, I had a Verizon phone and I would I don't want to say I would toss it sometimes, but just things would happen to it and it would get broken. So I'd have to traipse my my rear end up to the Verizon store. uh, And I would go there and there was this guy, Luke, working behind the counter. uh, And at that time, I was really looking for, you know, if you go back to our first episode, we talk about building your tribe, right? With Matt J, one of the co-founders of ProctorU. And um, we thought, you know, hey, what if... I had a guy like that. I see this Luke Brimer guy walking, like buzzing around the Verizon store. He's doing his job. He's doing everybody else's job. And I thought, man, I, I need, a, I need a guy like that. So I, what, at the time, it didn't, it didn't sound as ridiculous as it does now when you recount it. But I was just like, hey, man, listen, if you ever get sick of working at this Verizon store, you know, if you'd like to come work with me, I have this really cool project. And what I did, probably left out at the time was, I'm not currently getting paid. Um, and uh, you know, you. I don't know how you're going to get paid yet, but we'll figure that part out. <laughs> and you you hit me up a couple months later, and uh, and I don't know. You took a huge leap of faith joining a startup that was like super early. That was that was a big jump. I don't, you had to convince your wife to do that for it, sure, right? I, I did. You know, it was. Uh, I, I guess that goes to your ability to sell yourself and sell your business as to what made me uh, join you because there was nothing logical about it. That's for sure. Uh, but it was. Uh, we we I wound up. Uh, selling my car at the time. Uh, it was a it was an 06, oh, it was an 06 Mustang. That was a nasty Mustang. It was, man. When I sold that, I uh, needed to get a better gas mileage because it was a big drop in pay. Uh, and, uh, you know, we made a few other changes. Savannah was on board with it. You know, a lot of thought and prayer went into that. But uh, there were some there were some really interesting moments that had happened in my life uh, about 10 years, 15 years prior to that, uh, that unknowingly made me uh, have the confidence to make that move. So it's funny how things happen in life that you never know would connect. And in the final minute, you know, they all come together. So crazy stuff. It was humble beginnings, right, for for us before we kind of became an international company. But the, one of the ways that we became an international company was through the work of Luke. And that's what I wanted to talk to him about today. Uh, you wrote a book, right? Mm-hmm. How long mm-hmm. did it take yep. you to write this book? <laughs> Like five years off and on. Five years, no big deal. Yeah. Um, it's called The Final Thought. You can find it on Amazon, right? Yeah, through the Kindle app. You just download the Kindle to any device you got and it's easy to, to grab. What I love about The Final Thought is it uh, really gives you a roadmap. If you are somebody that doesn't know what you're doing in business, you're not a professional, uh, but you want to become one. And, uh, you know, when I was sort of coming up, I did. there wasn't anything like this out there where you could find somebody that's like telling you little things about like, you know, how to, how to talk to somebody, how to make eye contact, like the different, different little body language things that you can do um, to really connect with people and, and come off as professional. And so um, 
you know, Luke, if you were talking to somebody that was just started, actually, you do talk to people like this all the time. I know if you were just talking to somebody that was just starting out and they asked you like, how do I make myself look like a professional? How do I give the air of being a professional? What would you tell them they need to do? I'm going to go with um, confidence is key, uh, but it's a bit more, uh, there, there's a bit more to consider when you think of being confident. Um, and what I mean by that is at the end of the day, people read, people see, they feel confidence uh, in a conversation. And they can also, to the other side of that, certainly feel when you're not confident in the uncertainty that comes with it. Nobody wants to buy something or, or engage in that manner with someone who's not certain in what they're communicating to them. Confidence, though, isn't just as simple as, well, I know how this product works. So I'm going to go sell it to someone or I'm going to go make a presentation or whatever. It's all about the prep work that goes into it. It's all about being able to interact with other people who have gone there, been there, done that. Uh, that you're able to learn from, pick up from. It's from watching other people do the same thing that you're going to go try to do yourself. All of those elements build into your own confidence. And, and it, it, the practice makes perfect, right? The more that you're putting effort into being prepared and executing whatever the task or situation may be, the more confident that you'll be. And ultimately that comes through to whoever you're speaking with. What gets lost in a lot of this uh, for people that are trying to start out is just how you know, everybody's winging it to some degree. Like everybody's, yeah. everybody was a beginner at one point and everybody is doing the best that they can. And you never see people uh, give themselves the grace to understand that, yeah, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, but most people didn't when they got started. I mean, you think that there's a very small group of people that maybe grew up around high functioning, you know, business people that are in the corporate world or whatever. And maybe they pick up some of those skills, but a lot of times no. Right. And you have to kind of those are things they don't generally teach you in school. Like you can go and get your MBA, but they're not going to teach you, you know, how to present yourself or how to dress. You pick up a lot of that stuff to your point by the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, it's, it's true. And, you know, to, to exactly to what you just said, Jared, um, a couple of things I think are relevant to that. Number one, I, I've got the, no offense to all other fathers because there's a bunch of great fathers. Yours, for example, is an, is an awesome guy. But, you know, personally, I got to, you know, call out. I, I think my dad's the best. And what's interesting, though, related to business is my dad was a school teacher uh, for basically his entire professional career. Still does it part time, substitute teaches. Uh, he didn't really have a business background or anything like that. And he knew that he recognized it uh, and he understood that really that wasn't something that he was able to bring uh, to the table for my brother and I. Yet he knew that was going to be important for us. So he made time and ways to try to put us around people who did have a business background, a professional background to help us prepare uh, for life and, and to enter the business world or the professional world or whatever the case may be as our careers and, and lives progressed. And ironically, uh, when you talked earlier about the story of, of you and I meeting and, and me deciding to take that leap and join Proctor U, uh, you really could thank my dad for that. Because when I was about 12 years old, he randomly brought my brother and I to this gentleman. I don't remember his name. I don't remember what he did. But he randomly brought us to a gentleman out at uh, a SIPCO, the, the American Cast Iron Pipe Company here in Birmingham. And this guy had an office inside a trailer at one of their plants. He sat us down, said, hey, I want you all to listen to this gentleman and just take some, take some wisdom from this guy for the next 30 minutes. And then he walked out and sat in the truck outside and, and just let us take it in. And the gentleman talked to us, just gave us a little bit of life advice. But the only thing I remember from that conversation uh, is him saying, hey, boys, uh, in your life, you may have one opportunity, if you're lucky, to, to make a move and join something and be part of something uh, that changes your life. 
uh, and that gives you a chance uh, to build something that most people will never get the experience or opportunity to go through. And if that moment presents itself to you, you've got to be able to recognize it and take advantage of it. And those words rang true to me when you and I talked about me joining Proctor U. And brother, ultimately, that was one of the main reasons that I made that leap was that guy's conversation and advice. So uh, at the end of the day, though, I share that because, uh, you know, that's not something that my dad really had you know, the experience to do, but he knew I need to put them around people who can have that sort of advice and insight uh, and expertise to help them grow and build. So the same for people who are listening to this podcast, the same to the people that maybe read my book or just that are entering the workforce, whatever the case may be. The people that you put yourself around uh, can oftentimes take you directions that you need to go or don't need to go as well. Be mindful of that uh, and ultimately help you get into those aspects that uh, you don't know what you don't know, uh, but they do and they can help guide you and put you on the right foot. I mean, that's such a great story. I, I've, I've heard you tell that a long time ago, but it is funny how sometimes like the most, uh, you know, what seems like innocuous conversations that you can have when you're young yeah. really stick with you. And that's a great, you know, very often people don't recognize when they have an opportunity to join something meaningful. And, I, and I'm really glad you did because we certainly benefited uh, from having you and, and working through. You still work with us, by the way, you know, so you're, you're still yeah. there doing a lot of great things. Okay, now before we get any further, though, Let's check the grill. I haven't checked the chicken in a moment, so let's see how we're see how we're doing. Let me grab my salmonella tongs. Do you ever get oh, look at that? You ever get worried about? Looking good. Yeah, it is. Let's let's give these guys a little turn. Golden mm. brown. That's what we're looking for. Almost close enough to smell that over here, but not quite. <laughs> so, while I'm turning these over, let's talk about one of your favorite subjects. Uh -oh. And that's hard work. Mm. I've worked with some people through the years that have uh, admitted to me that they weren't really all that excited to work that hard. Yep. And I think there's honor in hard work for sure. Um, but you are genuinely one of the hardest working people I've ever been around. And I've got a million stories to prove it. Now, if Luke Brimer ever says, I want you to join me to go visit a customer or to go talk to someone about an opportunity, uh, man, you better buckle up because uh, I have gone through – there's some – Luke Luke prefers pain. Like, there, there's working hard, and then there's doing things that – so I'll give you an example. So we had an opportunity that we had to go to um, the United Kingdom for. So we're over here – in country Alabama, and we got to fly over to the United Kingdom to meet with an opportunity. And uh, we, while we were there, Luke is like, oh, we're going to get our money's worth, right? We're going to go see a bunch of customers and stuff while we're there. Sounds great, right? So we're going to we, – we fly over there. Our CEO of, at the time, Scott McFarland, future guest on the show, hopefully. Um, we, we fly over there, and Luke and I hit the ground. And when we hit the ground, it is um, – it's in the morning, and we had, uh, if you've ever flown over the, the ocean, you kind of sleep, hopefully you try to sleep, you know, but your, your day is sort of shifting. So you're not, you're not really firing on all cylinders when you hit the ground. You, we, we hit the ground and it was like later that day, it's that, it's a morning. We later that day, we're going to go visit a few people. By the time we get off the airplane, your ass has us in a, in a Uber stuck in London traffic. And the two or three hours that we thought we were going to have to just like reset or whatever is over. And we're, and we're literally, we get to a hotel 
And what did that hotel tell us, Luke? Hey, we don't have your rooms ready. <laughs> Sweaty travel clothes and now need to change into suits and we have no room. So what does that mean? That means we go to the, the public hotel bathroom. We're going to change in there. Okay, you know what? No big deal, right? Uh, and so we go there and we just opening up our suitcases and there's nowhere to be private to get in there and we're dressing and we're trying to put stuff on. And then as, as I'm, as I'm down to like undershirt and whatever, I look up on the wall and there, <laughs> what was on the wall, Luke? There was a, there was a, there's a camera positioned our way in the bathroom. There was a camera. Okay. On the wall. And I thought. This well, if they're looking at this video, they'll only look once. Uh, and so <laughs> I thought true. this. So we just kind of went with it. We get we get dressed. It's a, it's you it's not like the the Febreze bottles where we're trying to Febreze our suits. Yeah, because everything's wrinkled. It's a mess. <laughs> There's people coming in there to go to the bathroom, and then it looks like two like well dressed homeless people are in there. What I don't know. What it's, you know, <laughs> and so. We, we, as we leave, I go to the front desk and I say, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a camera in your bathroom and they, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had some issues with people going in there just to use drugs. And, uh, so yeah. And I thought, and so that's where you landed. That was the, that was the answer was to go. That's the solution. To go put anyway, so somewhere on the internet, there's footage of Luke and I changing in a London bathroom. Uh, that don't, I can't wait don't for. search for it; you won't be pleased. And then, I've, I, by the end of that day, I was delirious. From we went from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. I remember looking at you and being like, "What are you trying to prove right now?" Like we could have just <laughs> stayed here another day and done this at a more sustainable pace. So. But I will. So that's a joke, right? That that's a, a goofy. It's not a joke. It's a real story. But it's not funny when you think about like kind of where you got to in your career is really a testament to hard work. And so, where do you get that gear from? What 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 drives you to work that hard? Uh, once again, you'll find a common theme with a lot of stories or a lot of uh, the, the, the the how to make the sausage, if you will, or the stories behind me. A lot of them go back to my dad um, and and how he raised us and. Uh, that's that's where it comes from, to be very frank. Uh, my dad had my brother and I out cutting grass for people at like 12 years old. Um, his his philosophy was let's 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 get outside, let's get off the TV, let's get away from all of that, let's let's be out here in the fresh sun and working hard, and uh, nothing's going to be given to you in life, and and you got to work for it, right? Uh, and he's exactly right. And uh, so we had a grass cutting business that started at like 12 years old and ran us all the way through high school and into early college. And that mentality was, uh, I'm going to go to school during the day. I'm going to be cutting grass in the evenings. I'll cut grass on the weekends. I'm going to make money. Uh, I'm going to use it and I have, you know, some cash for what I need and, and fun stuff and ultimately recognize that I'm, if, if I want something, I'm going to go after, I'm going to have to earn it and, and work hard to get it. And that mentality stuck with me. I enjoyed being able to work and make money and have th- you know money to, to do things with that I wanted. And that never went away. And ultimately, that's just what's driven me since that time. And the ultimate recognition that you're not going to get anything handed to you in life, nor should you. Uh, we're working hard. I'm going to go out there and try to, to, to ultimately beat everybody else and be as successful as I can be. And uh, hopefully that'll be able to bring some success my way. So that that's, all goes back to my dad once again. 
here's a question for you. Okay. If you're talking to someone at the beginning of their career, and you've already, we've already done mm-hmm. this hypothetically about, you know, how to, how to present yourself, but you know, they're not sure if they're willing to put the work in or they're not sure mm-hmm. if what, what to expect, you know, I've heard you go on rants about the honor of hard work and how it's, you know, it's a, it's an honorable thing to, to work hard mm-hmm. and make something of yourself. If I'm a guy who says, man, I just don't know, like, give me the motivation that you give yourself in the morning. What's the motivation? You know, I, I, I think that's the key. What's the motivation? And, the, and that question is important for you to ask yourself. So if you're entering the workforce, entering sales, entering business, why? Why are you here? Why are you working this job? What are you trying to accomplish? There, there has to be something motivating you uh, that's driving you to go out and get a job. Certainly something like the sales field uh, or the general business field. We're talking about entrepreneurs and uh, tr- talking about building businesses. Those aren't easy things. Those aren't easy professions that you just kind of come in, clock in, clock out, and go about your business. You're going to have to go above and beyond to be successful. So there's something more than likely that's driving you to pursue that passion, to pursue that field and that, that that profession. Once that's identified and we understand what's driving you, then we start building from it. So is it a car that you really want? Is it a lifestyle that you really want? Is it, this, is it travel? Is it your family? Whatever it is, that's where we're going to focus in on and start building from there to recognize, here's where I am today. Here's where I want to be in a year or five years or 10 years or whatever the case may be. And then it's very easy to understand. I'm not going to get there if I'm not willing to put in more effort than everyone else. Because if it was easy for everyone to do it, then everyone would be succeeding. But they're not. So what are you trying to reach? And how are you going to put in the effort that's going to get above everyone else and help you land there? All right, let's check the chicken really quick. That was a good story. Uh, oh. Okay, coming along. Let's go back. Yeah, coming along great. Uh, you know when the juices kind of start coming out like that, you know it's good. I gotta hit the. Uh, gotta get my thermometer before I pull these off for sure. And I'm definitely gonna put some finished product pics on our social media. So check us out on TikTok. Uh, search for Slow Smoke Business. Look at us on Instagram. Look at us. Look at us on Facebook. We're all. Nice. We're everywhere we should be, but Twitter. Well, we are really outside right now. There's a, literally a spider just fell down. On the <laughs> Luke, you know, you, you touched on something there before. Um, everybody kind of got it has to. Everybody sort of has to know what their because is, right? I'm working hard mm-hmm. because everybody has a because, right? You all, everybody has yeah. a something that I, I you know, they, they may have a because, um, and that's why they quit. Oh, I can't do it because, and whatever's behind yeah. that word because is a really powerful thing, and I always believe like. When you find out what someone's really motivated by, you'll know what they'll do and you know what they're made of and you know what they're going to be about. So tell me what your because is. Why are you, why do you work so hard? You work harder than anybody I know. What is your because and why are you doing it that? So why are you going so hard? It's really two things for me um, that are why. And to your point, what do you tell yourself every day? Literally, this comes through my mind every single day. Number one uh, is my family. So uh, my parents provided an incredible life uh, for my brother and I, um, and I'm so thankful for that. And, and, and I want to make sure that I'm doing that for my wife and my two kids as well. Um, and, and setting them up for success and giving them experiences, letting them see the world, see life and all that comes with it. Um, and, and doing that is the best of my ability uh, to make sure that they are well taken care of and, and that we are, I'm, I'm helping give them the life and the experiences of life uh, that I want them to have. I've got a high standard for that. 
And uh, that, that's what I'm driving for. And second, uh, I'm a firm believer that to whom much is given, much is required. And I, I want to make sure that I'm doing all I can to be on that to whom is much given aspect because I got a lot of big goals for what I want to do with it. Um, and people that I want to help and, and, and places where I want to put the money and things that I want to support. Um, and certainly able to do that on a small scale now, but I've got, I've got big goals for that. And, and so many things that I want to be able to accomplish for others uh, and, and things to be able to do. And, and I can't do them at current state. So I wake up every day knowing between those two things, I'm going to go out, I'm going to grind, uh, I'm going to find what's going to help make the, the next one get checked off the list and uh, what I'm going to do to make sure that I keep going upwards and climbing the right direction. So it's, it's those two things that motivate me every single day. I love it. So in your book, uh, you talk, we've talked a little bit about hard work. You talk about your favorite word, hustle, and you start with work ethic. So why is it important if somebody's trying to start out, why is it important the first thing you talk about is work ethic. Why is that important? I'm going to talk to both sides of that uh, because I found that unfortunately sometimes only one aspect of working hard and hustle gets talked about. But let's talk about the obvious one first. Um, at the end of the day, when we look around and, and you see those that you're working alongside, your peers, people that are in the same profession, competitors in the same industry, um, we live in in a large sense a, a society that does believe that that. Um, a lot can be given to you and um, that, you know, I'm just going to kind of, uh, I'm going to be average with this. I'm going to kind of clock in, clock out. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to make a successful living and that's going to be fine. And I'm going to be okay with it. And and to some people, that's fine. Like it's no, not everyone has to go above it. Not everyone has to grind away. That That's not how everyone's wired and there's nothing wrong with that. However, what I've found is over time, um, working hard is a core function of simply leveling up above those around you. Because you mentioned earlier, Jared, a lot of people just don't want to do that. Like, I, I don't want to put in that extra effort. I, I, I just, I'm very happy with um, what's in front of me. I'm happy with the nine to five. I'm happy with, you know, shutting off at five and turning back on at eight tomorrow. And again, I don't want to criticize anyone for that because if that's what you enjoy and that leads to the work-life balance you have and whatever, that, that's great. That There's nothing wrong with that. But for those that are trying to do more, that is your foundational ability to level up and get ahead. You hear all these philosophical, you know, contextual ways to, you know, uh, think about things and tries to way to spin words around people or, or, you know, position everything in a sales process. Those are all great, well, and good, but something that everyone can execute today is out working your competition. Mm. It's not complicated. It's not that hard. It's something that you can do. You can block, you can tackle, you can outwork your competition. And I love things like that, that I just know that I can execute every single day. I don't have to hope I can think about it the right way or whatever the case may be. No, I put it in practice every single day. So it's just a foundational element for me that I think is so important and that anyone can do. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your skill level. Doesn't matter if you're brand new to the profession or you've been in it for 25 years. You can wake up tomorrow and you can do it. And that's important to me. Um, but but I, I do. While that's that is important, and, and you've got to be able to execute on that if you're trying to level up. I do want to comment on something though that's become apparent even for me in my own work ethic over the last 10 to 15 years of my professional career. 
Uh, I think the, the, the term it's been coined uh, is, is hustle porn, if you will. <laughs> it's that mentality that every day, all I'm going to do is work from 4 a.m. until 10 p.m. My life revolves around work. That's the only thing that I exist for. And I think that there is a very careful tipping point that anyone's got to be mindful of as it relates to that. Because when you cross over from, I'm working hard because, and I have a balance. Now, maybe my balance isn't the same as everyone's, but I do have a balance, and I'm working hard because of something that I can enjoy and recognize. When you start to tip over into, I'm working because I'm working. I'm working only because I have to work. And I must work today and tomorrow and harder than everyone else because it's work. And work is all that I work for. Then we have a problem because there must be a balance or you burn out. There must be a balance or there it's useless for you to work. What, what are you trying to work for? What's the cause and the purpose? What's your because? You've lost sight of it. So be careful as you enter that philosophy. And, and again, um, I'm all for it. Outwork your competition all day, every day. Absolutely on board with it. But be able to stop and smell the roses. Be able to stop and go enjoy a nice steak dinner with the family. Be able to stop and go on that nice trip and take a few days off. Make sure you have the right balance. Maybe we fire the grill up every so often, right? You know, it's it's that's right, man. That was so. You know, and by the way, I love I love what you just said there about hustle porn and how dangerous that can be because it's you know it's people taking selfies, working really really hard, but making sure that people know that they're working hard, and you know I'm crushing it, bro, like that kind of that kind of crap. Um, is fake. And I, I, I warn everybody that listens to the show, I'm warning you always be suspect of people that are always posting about how hard they're working, um, or, uh, or posting about being an entrepreneur and not being a business, right? So be careful if you see somebody who is only talking about how hard they're working or being an entrepreneur, or they only go to startup meetups and they, and they don't go to where their customers are. I will not invest in a business when I get pitched to, to invest in a business, if all I ever see out of that person, I'm, I'm looking at the person more than I'm looking at anything else. If all I ever see out of that person is that they're going to startup meetups and they're going to this thing and that thing, and it's never where their customers are. They're not going to their industry trade shows or talking to their people in their communities of their, of their product, then I'm out, right? Because that shows me that you're more enamored with being in the game than you are with being successful, and uh, I've just, it's so, and that's the, you know, the hustle porn thing is, is just, is really about glorifying the process, which is good to some degree, but not to the point that you fail to recognize that if you're working 15 hours a day, seven days a week, there is a season for that. We talked about that when Emily Lay was on the show. There's a season for working through the night or whatever, but it is not sustainable, right? And there's a tipping point of when you can work too hard and you have worked, you know, you've worked 15 hours and you're like, oh, I need to keep going. And so you work another three or four and those three or four hours of work are crap work. You're not firing on all cylinders and you're not, you'd be better off taking a break and coming back at it fresh. And I don't think we have enough of that in, in society where um, it's kind of one extreme or the other, right? Either people are too lazy to get in the game of entrepreneurship or they get in and they go way too far over here and they burn out or they're, or they're spinning out things that aren't actually what their customers want because they're not actually taking the time to go talk to them or actually be where they are. They're more enamored with, you know, having a snarky T-shirt, you know, and a blazer on and handing their little business card out and I'm in a startup, you know, and 
don't be that cliche, right? Go find, go find where your customers are. Don't forget, we've all, I, I, I think all of us have, I know I certainly have, have sat in the coffee shop, have sat in wherever it might be and watched someone over on their phone that sits there and turns the camera this way and that way over and over again, trying to get the perfect angle. They, they give the little half smile, then they then a half smile, then, then a half. It, <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a part of this social media, your social media, so I know this is real, but we all know 70, 80% of social media is not real life. So all of us that are entrepreneurs looking for motivation, that kind of stuff, we're all looking at the Gary V's and the Grant Cardones and all these great business leaders and such. And they're awesome. I love all of them. Like or for most of them, right? I think most of them do some great stuff. But just remember that when you're watching these things, you're only seeing the tiny snippet or you're watching the Gary V 25 years into his career, not the first 18 month Gary V or the first three. Just remember what you're seeing through the social media lens. And Jared, to your point, I, I, I'm not interested in someone that's simply blowing up a, a social media feed talking about how they're working. I, I'd rather have you not on the social media yep. and instead just working, just putting in the effort. And then we'll see those results when everything comes to fruition. So I think it's a great point you made. It's always suspect. If you scroll through a business's social media feed and over 50% of the posts are about the founders and are about the awards that they're winning personally or the, the magazines that they're featured in or whatever, and it's not about your product or the problems that you solve, you got a big, big problem. And I'm going to call it out and just say it is you, you're putting your ego in front of your desire to actually be genuinely successful. Right. And if there was ever if there was ever like a secret to my story, a secret to, to, to what what did it for me was it was to put more value on winning than being right or more value on winning than being famous. Right. And I can't tell you how many times I would go into a situation with an opinion and then realize halfway through that somebody else on my team had a much better opinion, right? A much better, and apparently the, the gods agree with me because it's thundering behind me. But, and I would be quick to go to the clearly the better idea because I was more in, I was more in favor of uh, actually being successful and winning with the team than I was like people thinking, oh, he's always right. And we did, and we worked with people, Luke. You know, yep. we worked with people who it was that was not the case, right? They were more. Uh, they were more concentrated on be being looked at as having the right answer and being the smart one in the room than they were, you know, just trying to get to the right answer. That's exactly right. It's the uh, it's the I want to be seen factor versus I want this to actually be built and work factor. Um, a lot of times, the people down in the weeds and in the dirt aren't necessarily as visible, but they're the ones that are they're the ones that are making the sausage, right? They're the ones that are building it. That's the sausage. Okay, so. Um, Guys, this was the very first episode of me grilling. That's why I had a friendly guest here, Luke Brimer, who was going to be patient with everything that's going on. Let's get one last little check at the chicken here. All right, I'm going to actually move the camera a little bit closer so I don't know how well you can see it this time. Is that a good shot? Yeah. yeah. There you go. So if you're watching on YouTube or on social media, that's how we're doing. We're going to hit this uh, with some Alabama white sauce. That's going to be awesome. Um, thank you guys for bearing with us in the first episode. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to get better. Progress over perfection. Um, Luke, stealing a line from your book, I, I, wanna, I want you to leave us with one final thought, and it is, what is the one thing somebody can do 
if they want to get started. They don't. They've come from a, a humble background, and they want to do something great with their life, and they feel like they want to do something in entrepreneurship or sales or business, and they just don't know how to get started. What's the one thing they can do to get started? So there, there is something that I'm going to go with the first thing that comes to mind uh, because it's true. Um, and it's not the only thing they, they have to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, what you've got to do is you've got to put in the effort. You've got to, you've got to put in the effort. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going to be, right? Progress over perfection. You just said that a moment ago. But if you don't make progress, there will be nothing else. If we just sit on the sidelines, if I just hope my career is going to take off, if I just think maybe I'll be successful at some point, or maybe I'll ask that person to be my mentor, maybe I'll read that book, maybe I'll go to that, that, that networking event, all those maybes and possiblys, if you don't make the effort, None of it ever comes to fruition and you never get better. So in all things, make the effort, try, fail. That's okay. Screw it up. Make a mistake. Learn from it and don't make the same mistake again. And then make the effort one more time. So just keep trying and making that effort. That's what you got to do. I love it. Luke Brimer, thank you so much. The book, The Final Thought, is available on the Kindle store and Amazon. Uh, and you can find Luke Brimer on social media everywhere where he posts uh, whatever uh, airport bathroom. He's <laughs> not kidding. Like, he's, he doesn't post that kind of stuff. But <laughs> thank you so much for being here. We really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jared. Loved Let's it. Get, you want to get one final look yeah, at the chicken? Yeah, one more look. Let's get one final look. Let's see how we did here. That's, that's going to be good. When you get that golden brown, the the, uh, and the skin's going. Let's bring mm. it up to the – there we go. All right. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to get chowing down on this. See you next time. <laughs>